in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, along with DJ Barker and Dan Deluzio, and uh, we've been talking about um, tax situation, ways you can reduce uh, some of the burden getting your children to college, since we are on that. Uh, if you have questions you would like for us to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you'll listen to our recorded message. You will leave your own, including the question. We'll play the question on the air, and uh, then we will reply and give you the answer that you seek. Uh, if you'd like to talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166. Ask for the radio show producer, Kelly Lynn, and uh, she will get the question to the hosts of the show, and uh, we'll be able to answer that question for you as well if you prefer not to use the phone or just email maybe even using the phone you can get us at drgene at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r.com that is drgene at hensler.com again d-r-g-e-n-e at h-e-n-s-s-l-e-r.com um, we also have a website if you want to go on there you can look we've got a lot of uh Information uploaded to the website, you can uh, potentially answer your own question. And uh, uh, again, you know, if you have something that's not covered there, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. So, uh, guys, we've got um, quite a few questions to cover this week. First of all, we got Jeffrey from Sandy Springs, who says, I have three stocks in my portfolio that are down for the year. Overall, my performance is okay, but I want to sell these three holdings. My advisor is telling me to keep them. Why on earth would I want to keep these losers in my portfolio? Mm-hmm. What your advisor is probably seeing is securities that have the best-looking fundamentals, and if they've been losing money, they obviously are getting cheaper. A lot of folks do get disheartened when they have losses in their yeah. portfolio, and it's easy to see. I mean, you go you go look at anybody's holdings, and generally right next to it, It'll tell you how much you've gained or lost since you've held it or within the last year or last you know year to date, yeah. last month, whatever it is. And people seem to gravitate to those that have lost money. And because it's now in their minds a dog, they want to throw this thing out. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure the advisor is saying, you know what? There's a reason that mm-hmm. certain stocks go up at certain times. I mean, you can make the case – Lately, we've seen a lot of benefit from owning growth, owning those tech stocks that don't pay a dividend, mm-hmm. that uh, just seem to never quit. What you've also seen happen is the prices on those, while it has gone up, and we all get warm fuzzies when the price of our investments go up, they've gone up by more than the earnings have grown. So they get overvalued yeah. at some point. So. Uh, it's it's uh, always best to, I mean, you know, I, I don't encourage you just to take the advisor's word for everything, but listen to what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. If they can make a reasonable case that, you know, there, there's a reason you hold utilities when 
you see the prices have gone down potentially because you know growth tends to attract a lot of uh, investment, and quite often they attract, attract it away from those securities that are not as in favor, you know, at the time. So um, it's good to be diversified. It's good to uh, to hold things. And, and what is the argument for diversification? Certain things do better at certain times. Absolutely. And then some's going to go up. Some's be down. You and, just have and to. And then it reverses. It tends right. to reverse. That's why you have an advisor. Exactly. Well, you know, also, you know, I, I, we don't know where this, this asset is, if this is in an IRA or if this is in a taxable account because, you know. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. If, if you have a loss inside of an IRA or a Roth and you sell it, you don't get a taxable benefit to offset that loss somewhere in your taxes. So if it's in a retirement account, I can completely understand where he's saying no need to sell it because you're not going to see the benefit and the if the stock is fundamentally okay and it's mm-hmm. something that we still want to hold – I kind of agree with that. Now, it could be a situation if it's in a taxable account, you could possibly offset gain somewhere else. So that thought process would be you would sell it for a loss now, even though you still fundamentally want to own that security, Mm -hmm. and you buy it back in 31 days. So that's that's some information we don't know from from your question. So you know that's that's something to bring up to your advisor. You know, is it he's saying not to sell it because of the type of account it's in? Something to research as well, not just fundamentals, but the location in which you're you're investing. Right. Now, if you haven't had any sales of securities all year, then you probably haven't got those realized gains. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you haven't sold anything for a gain, you still don't really have that much of a of a benefit. But Dan, you can probably talk to this. You can carry forward you losses. You can carry forward losses. Yeah. You can not take, much. You can, no, not, not but Actually, you carry them all a lot forward. It's the, you can't take use much. Them. Right. Yeah, you can only take up to $3,000 in a year as a loss. Right. That's, but you can carry forward. If you had a, a $200,000 loss, you can yeah. carry it forward. Right. It's going to take, it take you a little bit. take you a little bit. At 3000 a year, it'll take you a lot to chip that down. But if the following yeah. year you had a $50,000 gain on something, you well, can offset well, you that just, whole gain. Now you can take a $53,000 loss on your right. tax return, the entire yeah. gain plus. Three, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, so you know, it is wise to think of these things more than just uh, yeah. the the fundamentals. So there's a lot more behind it, right? Exactly. But but I can almost guarantee you there is no uh, financial advisor that's going to want to sit there and take a beating on a stock and then hear it from you and not have a reason why he's telling you right. no, continue yeah. to hold. This. We still have. Faith. It's okay to hold it, even yeah. though it's at a down right now. We yep. all want to win at <laughs> we, the end of the yes, day. Yes, the, the goal the is day. to win. Yes, and, and when your advisor has made you money, as in you know the scenario DJ put forth, where you've you've taken some gains, where you've uh, sold things that were a significant gain, um, paying taxes is a part of life. Absolutely. You're not yeah. going to get out of it. Absolutely. And and just because they've taken you know, taxable gains. If they didn't talk to you about it and, and you were absolutely against it, make sure you initiate the conversation. But if they're doing what you've agreed to do and they're making gains, guess what? That's what the business is all about. Yeah. You're supposed to make and gains. And tax is a part of it. Right. And when is the best time to sell something? If it's overvalued, it's going to be when it's got when it's a got pretty more. significant gain. Absolutely. You don't wait. Until it falls back apart and say, well, no, I don't I have a tax yeah, issue. Now I'm not doing it. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's a, an emotional issue, but it's one that's very pertinent and it's very timely yeah. since we've had 10 years of almost nothing but straight up yeah. uh, right. gains in, in the stock market. All right. Um, 
Thanks again for that question. Yeah, that's a good one. Jeffrey, and uh, let's go to Jordan, Jordan from Atlanta, who says, do you have any advice for surviving an IRS audit? Uh, yeah, that's get, a loaded question. Yeah, don't get audited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but, you say but, that, but there are some yeah. things there are some that things you could that, avoid. Right. And, and there's some reasons that people get audited. It's not always the worst case scenario. First of all, you know, you have a healthy respect for it. You don't fear the IRS. You have a respect for them. Nobody, everybody hates to see that letter come in the mail. Sure. But on the same, you shouldn't fear it because it's not always an accusation that you've done something wrong. All right. So let's be, but so, and there are things that could have triggered the audit. Sure. Usually there's certain points that the IRS will look at, Schedule C's if you're a sole proprietor, uh, particularly if, you're, if you've got income over a certain amount, usually it's a two or $300,000 threshold, you're more likely, it doesn't mean you'll always be or it doesn't mean you'll never be. So just things like that. How so about a home office? Is that still one of the triggers, well, the red it, flag? Well, it, it is... It can be, if you, but you can only take a home office now if you've got a business that you're operating and it's reporting it on your tax return. You used to be able to take it on your on as a miscellaneous itemized deduction. Mm, yeah. If you didn't have an office that you could go to and you worked for an employer, well, that's out because all those itemized deductions are gone. Okay. okay? Yeah. But that would more likely be trigger points. Okay. Those are the kind of things they look at. Also, travel and entertainment expenses are still big. Things of that nature. Right. Uh, and obviously, as we know, entertainment's out the door now, but it's right. meals and travel. So. Large, undocumented right. expenses to, like, charitable organizations, maybe. Oh, yeah. Right, and I'm glad you brought that up, because one of the things you really always want to be is make sure you have the documentation. Yeah. If right. you're called for on an audit, make sure you bring it with you. Make sure you only bring what they ask for. Don't bring the entire kitchen sink. They don't want to see it. You're going to waste their time, and you're not, and they're not going to be real happy about it either. Yeah. They've got to go through a whole ton of papers. It's I've had of... clients who want to just throw everything out. Adam, I say no. no. Give them exactly what they want. Keep them happy. Just like when you're in court, you don't go in. To, don't tell the story. Exactly. Answer the question. Here's my document. And quickly, there's like three types of audit. There's a correspondence audit, which mm-hmm. is the least, uh, you know, invasive. Invasive. Yeah. It's usually they're asking a specific question on a specific deduction or something or income item. There's an office audit where they'll call you in and they'll say we're auditing these items and you bring in the information. And the one I hate the most are the ones when they come to see you mm. because then they can spend the entire day and sometimes they like it. <laughs> so, but consequently, but treat them with kindness because yeah. they're doing a job, you know, and it's not an easy job. Everybody wants to say, oh, I will never, I don't want to do this with my auditor or this or that. I always say treat them with the respect that you want from them. Absolutely. So, and yeah. and on that, since we're in a, a world of, of thievery, do they call? Will they call you and say, I'm going to seize your assets, or will they send no. you a letter? No. What? How does the IRS operate? Right now, the IRS is operating where they contact you first. It's usually by letter. By letter. They do not make phone calls. Because we get a lot of clients okay, that say, yeah. hey, I received a voicemail that says I'm being audited. Yeah, I need to send them a check. No, don't do that. Don't please. do that, exactly. Call us first, but don't do don't that. Don't send them. Don't give them your checking account number. Definitely don't give That's them not the right way yeah. to go. Um, talked about all kind of things all so kind. far. Just having too much about? fun, really. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, finance is such a fun topic. It is a good time. Mm-hmm. All right. And taxes. I mean, you oh. mix a little tax in with it? Heck, yeah. Are you kidding me? All right. Life so is a party. If it is a party. Audits. Like, it is a party. <laughs> Audits. <laughs> College. Goodness gracious. Make sure to wear your pointy hat. <laughs> good uh, stuff. The auditor will love you more. <laughs> all right. Uh our question hotline, if you have a question of your own you'd like for us to answer, we'd love to hear from you. 1-855-429-9166. 
Uh, if you want to talk to a human, 770-429-9166. And then our email address, drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Hensler.com is our website, again, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R. And uh, you can get your questions answered in one manner or another, whether you're, whether you're doing it yourself on our website or asking us directly or indirectly uh, through those various means. We have a, another question we'd like to cover here today. Tyler from Kennesaw says, I'm 35 and I feel like a financial mess. I was lucky enough to be working through the Great Recession. Uh, it was a dead-end job, but it paid the bills. During that time, I got married, and uh, Dad bought us a condo. Fast forward to my mid-30s, and I just completed my college degree. I have an IRA that might have $10,000 in it, and uh, my wife and I want to buy a house but can't sell the condo since we don't own it. On the plus side, we have no debt and uh, live within our means. How do I catch up? to other 35-year-olds. Well, here, here's my first answer. You live within your means. You have you surpassed go. most other 35-year-olds. 35 35 mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, no student loans, it sounds like. So I mean, that's, that's a big one. That's a At 35, we still see people coming in with Absolutely. student loans. Yeah. No the doubt. question of how do I catch up to other 35 year olds i mean it's tough right i mean you're you're in a situation where you never want to compare yourself to others because there's going to be there's always it doesn't matter who you are and how much money you have in the bank there's always someone with more unless you own amazon yeah that's the fact right but you're doing well you've got a house you don't have any debt you're doing well you right know, it's it's kind of you know baby steps you know uh i think Wealth does not occur overnight unless you win the lottery, and that generally doesn't happen. So for for yourself and and your wife, I mean, really, it's it's kind of going to to back to basics. You know, what what are your short term and your long term goals, and how do we get to those goals? You know, um, do you have your emergency reserve set aside, three to six months of savings in cash in the bank? If you've already made that goal, you know, it sounds like you have your monthly finances in order. To you're not you're not overspending. So uh, you know, I'm assuming you have some kind of budget laid out. So that's always a good thing. Sure. What extra room do you have? You know, if you've got that job, uh, start saving, maximizing your uh, 401k. Mm-hmm. That's going to be one big thing. It's going to reduce your salary and it's going to... And reduce taxes. Absolutely. Reduce the salary because, you know, the tax man's not taking his share. That's right. um, so that's a good thing because you can save 19 grand a year to the 401k. So uh, if you're both doing that, you're going to be able to pile some cash away. You can also save to a Roth and, a, and an IRA, $6,000 to each of those. Um, you know, those are some of the bigger bigger um, accounts that you can save to. Um, you know, you can always save to after-tax accounts, right? Your, your brokerage accounts, joint accounts. Um, and for a house, savings that's like gonna that be might be the best way. Your, your best bet, yeah, absolutely, because right. you know, you're not going to want to take money out of retirement to do that. Yeah, because you're um, getting penalized. But there is, there is. Exactly, you'll be penalized. Yeah, yeah well, there is. Uh, uh, there is a first-time homeowner exception. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still probably not the best still, way yeah, to do it's it. Not, it's, that's not what you're saving for. You exactly. Right. You start now, you want to save for retirement. Yeah. yeah. So just be sure you're at least taking care of. If you can't do the whole 19, if you have a 401k, do part of it. Do as much as as you can. Yeah, yeah. and the get exemption. Start saving match. now. That's the important thing. The if exemption. you get a match, right. If you, get, if, if, yeah, if you have to save 5% to get a match, 
We'll save the, you know, Try what to you save have. it, at least right. to get the 100% match. It's because right. that's free money. Exactly. Uh, it absolutely it's 100% is, 100% yeah. return on your money. Yep. You know, we're, we're working into a, 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 an economy that's reducing their interest, right? So, you know, if you have a, a large savings account, you can put 20% down, you're going to get the best interest rate for a 30-year money. Um, and it sounds like rates have are coming down just a little bit. They are, yeah. The so, longer term is, y- is starting to show some signs of, of uh, falling. And the thing is... The the amount that uh, you're going to be uh, rewarded with for saving is also going to decline. So yeah. you got to be you got to be mindful of exactly what you're doing. Um, you know, being able to borrow at a very low interest rate is generally a, a huge positive because there are ways that you can earn significantly more than. Uh, an inflationary type return mm-hmm. uh, in the market, mostly with equities, and uh, you know, I, save wisely is the biggest thing. But you know, if you're saving for the house, probably the taxable account, even though yeah. you do have this uh, exemption, it's they're not going to penalize you, but they're still going to tax you. You're still going to be paid tax on yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so the money that you're going to pull from a 401k is still going to be less than it appears initially. Right. I mean, you might say, okay, I've got a hundred thousand in my 401k. That's not all spendable money. You're going to be taxed on the mm-hmm. amount you pull out. So Precisely. be wise. Not dollar be, for dollar. Exactly. Yeah. Be be wary of that. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's not a whole lot I want to add to this except for the fact that uh, we have ran into a lot of people who have money that would seem like it was a lot of money to most. Yeah. And yet their spending habits make it so that it seems like. They don't have enough money to live on. Right. They can't retire at the age of 60, even though they might have a few million dollars yeah. socked away. And, you know, right. just because their their habits are are much worse than yours are, because you just said you live, live within, within your means. means. Mm-hmm. That is at least uh, it's more than half of the equation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you just just keep uh, keep doing what you're doing. Save a little more. Make sure you get that match on your 401k if it's a, if it's available. And um, the other thing, I think, maybe diversify the way you save. Yeah. Because when you get to the end of the game, you'll realize that my 401k, the government forces me to start taking money out of that 401k. That's right. And, and they determine how much you must take, and it's still that tax game. You're going to be taxed on that amount after you're 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. So maybe sock away a little bit to a to a Roth 401k, which is a, an option available in most accounts on, yep. these days. So you know, spread it around a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. some taxable because then you can even offset, as DJ was talking earlier, the the tax loss harvesting. Mm-hmm. You can actually offset some of your um, some of your gains later in life uh, when it comes down to retirement, just by diversifying not only the investments that you look at. So, you know, you've got different asset classes, but also diversify the vehicles within which you save your yeah, money. Those accounts, it's yeah, important. Precisely. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, we can move on now. Um, how about uh, Andy from Douglasville? He says, I was listening a few weeks ago when the analysts were dogging beyond meat. So if earnings were missed horribly, why did the stock jump up so much? I didn't buy in June, and now... It's nearly doubled. Yeah, it's more than nearly doubled since May first, when it actually wow. hit the hit the markets. It's up over five hundred percent. It's incredible. However, since July twenty sixth, it's lost twenty five percent of its value. 
Oh, wow. Part of that was because they reported earnings in the last week. Uh-huh. And uh, earnings were okay. They're, they're still, they got a negative uh, operating margin. I'm sorry. A positive, you said? Meaning, uh, yeah, they don't make money right oh, now. Negative. They got no earnings. Negative. 30% operating margin. Whoa. Um, it, this is one of those that is expected. I mean, this is a growth story, right? So as revenue grows, they assume that at some point in the future, they're going to have enough money that they're going to start earning money, maybe even pay back a dividend. That's so far into the oh, future. Goodness, that's a waste. Who knows? Uh, this stock still looks speculative. And the other piece is they said that they're going to issue more stock. That doesn't help any of the investors. No. Yeah. You get diluted. So while you already don't have earnings, um, you're going to have more. even less. Yeah. Yeah. That's We're going to issue more stock on top of you. Basically, all it does is makes your holding worth a smaller portion of the company than it was previously. Not a good situation. The market knows these things. I mean, you know, you're you're not fooling them. I, one thing I will say, though, I don't blame management. If there's such a fervor about buying this stock up 500% That's in two amazing. months, I, why wouldn't you issue some more? I mean, they don't yeah. get any benefit from the market's action. Where they get benefit to the company is through an issuance of stock. Yeah. All right, that's it for Money Talks. I say the market's up this week, but hey, what do I know? I'm a broken record. What do you say, DJ? Well, we're going up. We're going up. There we go. Three ups. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.